How come, like, I can't even check out week five and week six. They haven't even announced game days and times yet. Because they had to save the end of the leagues to prevent um, standings to be determined two weeks before the end of the DPC. You get what I mean? No. So, for I, example, I, I, take I a look at up. NA. Okay. Take a look at NA. Okay. Okay. So, Quincy... Played EG on week one. Gotcha. If that happened and EG won, do you feel like you already know who's going to be first and who's going to be second? Yeah. Yeah. It would, it would be EG. Yeah. So they they do that because they, they basically kind of like guessed or estimated which teams were going to be the best teams. And um, saved certain matchups for later, so they just kind of left it open, in a way. They basically uh, prevented the first and second seed from ever meeting against each other in the first four weeks. So that way, there's still a little bit of like mystery about like, oh, what's what's going to be happening, you know? Hmm. That sounds like an artificial way to inject hype into week six. Yeah, but if you don't have that, then, like, if you don't do it that way, then you're literally, like, the DPC fizzles out because there's no there's no playoffs, there's no finals. You know, it's literally just like, all right, in the last week, we've got three matches left. Like, I know there's not very many matches on the last week either. So if those are all, like, dead rubber matches, then... Yeah, who cares? Eh. Who cares about you know sad boys and four zoomers <laughs> fighting over fourth and fifth place when it doesn't matter at all? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know what? You I, I've warmed up to the idea. Which is which is why, going back to the whole you know seventh of upper division versus second of lower division, to have that match go off, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, you know, that, that had some stakes. I had some money in there. I mean, uh, that that would be a way to make the DPC season go off with a bang at the end. Something. But, yeah, you know. Do we know, like, and, it, and it's just the placement in these groups. There, There's nothing after that. There's potential tiebreakers, and that might be, that might be it. So we just kind of fizzle through yeah. week six. Yeah, they uh, they very likely will save the one and two seated matchup for the final week. If I had to guess, that way it feels like there's a finals. Um, but you know they left a lot of matches undetermined. Uh, they basically left the last three weeks uh open because um, you know you don't know who's going to be the top two teams. So you want to try and uh, curate the schedule as much as possible, which is one smart thing that Valve did. I will, I will give them a lot of credit for that, uh, that they had the foresight to be able to see that that would be a good thing to do. So good job. Well, I guess I'm off uh, watching DPC Duty all of next week with um, no Team Liquid games and then just a mystery schedule for week five and week six. So you guys have yet to play OG and Alliance, huh? 
Yeah, at, at some point in the remaining two weeks. Mm. Which could be games that decide, like, a fourth place berth or something, in theory. Yeah, that's what you're pretty much hoping for right now. I have a, I have a funny feeling Liquid's not going to make it to the major. I uh, am not going to be that pessimistic. Uh, but again, those Tundra Esports games are pretty rough to watch. Yeah. Mm. And the fact that Alliance beat OG, you know, that gives them a serious boon. <sighs> well. So, yeah, rough times for them. I'll just, I'll just take the week uh, but... off with, with the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> Again, though, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised by not needing to set an alarm today and wake up and still getting to watch the games. Because I think they started mm-hmm. at, I mean, it's it's 4 o'clock Pacific that these games are wrapping up, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. so, I was ready to go at 1 p.m. Hey, man, whatever, man. It's my day off. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> not my problem. <laughs> My problem it's... is tomorrow. Actually, that's not even my problem because I've got one series and then I go because T Governor's now on the show. I only have to cast I, I get to cast, first of all. Oh fuck. I get to cast once a week, man. And every single time I get to, I'm like, oh thank God. I finally get to do some casting. Uh and I'm only doing the first series. So I'm taking the rental car that we have here. I'm going to drive there and drive myself back. So I, I have a sweet little half day. It's going to be sick. What's a... Oh, man, that's cool. You get to have a rental car. Can you just, like, go explore? Or are you I not could, about that life? but I'm not, I'm not that, no. <laughs> I'm not about that life. I also think that me and Shiva are the only people who are confident enough to drive the car. Uh, and I'm to be honest, I'm not sure if Shiva's like super happy about driving it, but I very much enjoyed it. I was like, oh, this is nice to have some some independence when I'm in a foreign country. It's quite yeah, nice. I'd be all over that. I'd be surprised more people wouldn't be into that. Surely Kyle. I mean, what is it like a stick? And Kyle can't drive stick. Kyle hasn't. No, Kyle hasn't driven in a while. And then the rest are. Uh, I'm not sure if Moxie has uh, Moxie has a car, but I don't think I don't know. They just don't feel comfortable driving in the snow in a foreign country. Oh man, I'm so jealous. If I if I were you, I'd be like, day off, time to go. How far away can I drive? How far away can you drive away from Stockholm? I'm bad pretty far. I guess I don't if... have to pay for gas either. So oh, <laughs> it's got a full tank right now. I could just drive. I could go to fucking. Finland or something if I wanted to. Just keep going. <laughs> hey, but I have no uh, desire to do that, Joey. Instead, I stayed inside. I played uh, video games. And then I did a For Honor podcast for two fucking hours. See, now, on the odd chance that someone's listening to both the For Honor podcast and this because they just, they like, they must sustain off of your voice. They must have uh, <laughs> understood <laughs> that two hours is a long time for a podcast, especially For Honor. I wasn't how I wanted to spend my day off. <laughs> how, uh, what games were you playing? Uh, I mean, I was just playing Dota. I was doing some pubs. I'm playing Naga Siren. I'm spamming the shit out of Naga Siren. Uh, I'm also trying to get uh, higher MMR, as, as I'm always trying to do. But specifically right now, uh, I noticed that me and T-Governor are very, very close at MMR. And I'd like to be higher than him, just because I think it would be funny. Um, 
Are you not? Isn't playing on EU less conducive getting easy MMR though, or do you find like your games are better at that at, at that high level? Or MMR is the same. MMR is the same across the board. I uh, rank may not be the same, but MMR seven K is seven K no matter where you go. Now the the what wins in a region may be slightly different because uh, regions and what they value is a little bit different. But if anything, European MMR I've found is easier for me. My my style as a player, I find playing in Europe more conducive to my MMR growth. So uh, that's because I'm a support player, an offlane player. I think if you are more of a carry or mid, NA is really good to just shoot up, um, just bonk on some NA noobs in the mid lane. Uh, and shoot up in MMR. You know, it's uh, it just every region's different. Like China, once upon a time, like I played in China a few times, and one of the metas in China was literally just five banning everywhere, and I thought it was so inefficient because I'm NA, so farming is in my blood. Even if I hate it, you know, I'm gonna notice inefficiency, and I just remember the Chinese players always ping me. If I'm not like five manning constantly with them, it's wild. It and you can't even talk to them. Time. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I couldn't say anything. So I was just like, yeah, can't we? Shouldn't somebody defend this tower? Like, come on, guys. But no, it was it was five man constantly. So man, I uh, for anyone who's watching the video podcast, I just had the Liquipedia page covering our our video recording for the last five minutes. So that's <laughs> yeah, okay. They learned something. They, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, I've been uh, I I haven't touched much Dota in the last week and a half, but I've just been slamming through my uh, my backlog to try on uh, on other games and trying to just get like a, a mass quantity of stuff done. And I feel like I everything I've been playing I haven't been that uh, excited by, mm-hmm. but I but I've still been rolling credits on stuff. Like I played uh, I played Cardo, which is a uh, like a mobile-esque switch-esque puzzle game where you can like move the map under your character interesting not great i played carry on which is like a metroidvania game where you're the bad person interesting okay not great hard to like universally recommend um what's i play i played all of disc room which could be really fun if you're someone who likes those kind of bullet hell games um but also still not great hard to universally recommend uh, what else did I play? I played Ori and the Blind Forest finally for yeah, the first yeah. time. You talked about that last week. You said you might play the sequel. I might, but still hard to recommend. I played. Uh, mm. God. Oh, you know what? I did play through all of uh, all, all the new Hitman game that came out. I played. I played Hitman Three, um, which is a series that I just uh, actually do recommend to people. I think if you haven't played a Hitman game and you like. And you don't know anything about it, but you just like games. It, it, it's a crime that you haven't tried playing Hitman because it's just so unintentionally funny. I've never done that. So, have you ever even watched someone play Hitman? Like, like, do you do? You... Not more than five seconds. Ah, oh, I think uh, I'll 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 Steam friends and family share my account with you. Uh, I think I already have actually. Okay. You, should, you you should uh one day when you when you're going through and you're like, man, I don't know what to play today. I think more people should just try playing Hitman because it's uh it's it, it's good in all the best ways. Yeah. 
Yeah, God, what else did I play? Oh, God, I also played a, I played a Metroidvania where the whole conceit is it's all everything's like also a pinball machine called Yoku's Island Express. It's better <laughs> okay. than Ori. But like I've, I've just been slamming through stuff. And people have been like, hey, Joey, do you want to play Dota? And I'm like, nah, man, I'm busy. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just sitting at my desk on my Switch being antisocial. <laughs> I should probably stop that. Uh, whatever, man. I'm all about being antisocial. <laughs> yeah, you said your apartment. Especially when I'm working at an event, I'm like, get the fuck away from me. I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> I have to deal with you people nonstop. <laughs> It's a, it's a crime that I that in order to watch this show, I need to to listen to the people that I work with. <laughs> that maybe you should learn a different language, right? Because I really just, should. If can... I could learn Russian or Chinese and listen to to them do their <laughs> panel, it would actually be so much better. Because then I I get ideas as well to be able to to go on panel. But um, no, I mean, I obviously I like everybody I work with. Uh, I and I don't even I'm I'm being a little um cranky a little too, dramatic but no, no 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 i'm not even cranky i'm just being a little dramatic just for comedic effect but uh i don't i don't mind listening to them uh at all it's just uh i do though intentionally try to separate myself uh from them because part of my job is to uh be happy and enjoy what i do but another part of my job is to enjoy the people i'm around i think that's actually part of my job is, is to enjoy the people I work with because that's just how paneling works. So, um, so I intentionally try and distance myself a bit. So on the, these days off, so, um, so that I can enjoy them more when we're together. Worst thing is to get sick of each other while doing a show. I do that's like the idea. I do like the idea of you having to, you know, be with Kyle all day. And then on your day off, you're like, ah, let me tune into the broadcast. <laughs> you're just listening to Kyle all day still. It's like, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> Fuck that. In fact, if anything, honestly, if I could get away from Dota, it would probably be better too. But when I'm watching all this Dota, all I want to do is play Dota. I just don't want to do it on the same day. I'm just like, oh, my next day off, I want to play a bunch of Dota. So, Have you, you taken know, anything into your pubs that you've been observing in, in the DPC so far? Yes, Naga Siren. I've been spamming the shit out of Naga Siren 4, 5. Uh, I've yet to try it 3, which, but I'm pretty sure it can work as a 3. But uh, 4 and 5 position Naga Siren. Really good. Really, what's, what's really, really good. What's bringing Naga back in right now? Uh, okay, so supports right now in Dota. What makes a good support is actually not your abilities. Um, it's your base stats. How fast you move, what your HP is, what your armor's at, uh, your range a little bit. But like movement speed is like hugely important right now as a support. That's actually what makes a good and bad support more often than not. So uh, Naga Siren has high HP, uh, high armor, 330 movement speed base. So she moves faster than some heroes, Crystal Maiden, for example, with boots. She moves faster on base movement speed with that. So uh, these, these kind of heroes can actually be played as support, even though they're not traditional support heroes. Uh, same goes with uh, Brewmaster, Death Prophet, though Death Prophet's like a weird exemption. Her stats aren't actually that good, but Spirit Siphon is like a really good trading ability. Um, so her stats are okay. They're probably actually above average, but then Spirit Siphon pushes you way over the top. 
Um, so it's like you're a good laning support, and then you're just a better team fight hero than most supports later on, right? But if you have a Naga Siren who's a four or five position who can use Song of Siren to reset, and then like uh, the build is to get a Meteor Hammer, and you can actually do a trick if, if anybody wants to try this Naga Siren build, you go Meteor Hammer, and when you Song, you start channeling Meteor Hammer. And while you're channeling it, you shift Q uh, wards, treads, um, I don't know what else you can like turn on and off easily. It used to be Ring of Aquila. Um, but like wards is a really easy one. You don't even need sentries or uh, and observer wards. You can literally have one or the other. Just shift Q, hit that three times, and then shift Q dropping um, song. And it will make it so the meteor hammer hits them on the same tick as them waking up from sleep. So they can literally only get off things like face shift and BKB and blinking straightforward. They can't get anything else off. That sounds wild. Yeah, it's very, very powerful. And then on top of that, like you can build an Aghanim Scepter, which makes it so net locks down BKB units, which is like a huge play against carries late game. Uh, you're, you're a split pushing, like you're able to actually push uh, you could siege towers really well because illusions are great for tanking towers. Uh, you're actually able to hit neutrals really well because of your high armor and high base damage. Uh, so there's just a lot of things you can do with it. So I'm just spamming the shit out of it trying to to work out all the kinks. Hmm. Are there any other... I mean, I guess Naga has sleep, maybe Elder Titan... What what are their good meter hammer interactions are there that you can just use by shift queuing stuff? I've never even considered that as a possibility to to use your shift queue to just waste time and time stuff perfectly. Yeah, it's um it's pretty rare because I think shift queuing uh things like wards and treads only takes like point I'm not even sure if it's point one. It might be point zero one or something. It's like a very small amount of time that you're taking away it might be point one um but you're only you're you're only taking like a little bit of time away so a lot of combos you would have to do like 10 20 times or something in order to make it fit perfect uh perfectly um because the the other one would be od everyone's going od core right now um i've seen some supports I actually played against cinderin today who was trying out support od uh, but you get a meteor hammer, and basically there is a um, when you meteor hammer somebody, there is the status that says banished. When it when the line gets to the H, that's when you start channeling meteor hammer. Um, that's like the cheat. But if you wanted to get it literally fucking frame perfect, uh, you would have to shift Q up like some sort of ward thing. Like I I don't even know how you would do that actually. Because it only works with song because you are shift queuing it so it activates after the meteor hammer is done and then you're turning off song. So I, I don't know how that would work with like something like fucking imprisonment. Imprisonment's mostly just kind of guessing. Or not not guessing, but like kind of estimating. I'm gonna have to go fuck around in some uh, in some practice mode and see if I can pull that off now. 
Yeah. That, that'll, that'll be my uh, post podcast project is, is to go see if I can shift Q OD support meter hammer properly. OD is uh, mega strong. I'm sure you could find a way, but it's like really wonky to shift Q up imprisonment on somebody. Uh, yeah, because you need to target. Yeah, you'd have to to shift Q. You'd have to be away from them, shift Q, imprisonment on that guy, and then put in a whole bunch of commands to make it perfect. Have you been... So if, if you're taking Naga out of out of your dpc experience so far have you been uh noticing any any substantial shift between covering the the cis upper and, and the eu upper or is everyone kind uh, of like go to the same right now i mean there's there's differences but not not massive differences uh cis and eu scrim against each other a lot in fact uh virtus pro exclusively scrims against the european teams because of course why like of course you're going to do that you're the only way you're gonna uh, lose out on first place is if you give if you make the other CIS teams better, you know. <laughs> so That's like, true. what's you the don't, point? You don't want to be a good practice partner because you're only helping you're helping Navi more than you're helping yourself. Yeah, it's different with like Europe because Europe's like very competitive, so Secret needs to be able to have an edge. I, I don't know what their scrim partner choices are like. Um, but I feel like it, it, it's much more acceptable for them. But it, it's the same thing with EG. EG notoriously has not scrimmed uh, uh, teams in the past in NA because, like, why would you? You don't make you don't want to make them better. So fucking scrim the European teams on ping. You know that you're, that's not your direct competition. You could teach them something. You can learn something from them. But you're already in first, so. Don't don't help the uh, your competition learn how to beat you, you know. I kind of like that the NA region is actually, you know, we are going to get those matches week six to do some decision because it isn't clear cut if EG will win. Uh, yeah, but it's like <laughs> it's like yeah. EG might not be first, but they're definitely first or second. It's the same with CIS. Virtus Pro might not be first. They might lose to Navi, but if they're there's no if way they're going to lose to Navi. Third. There's nobody else they're going to lose to. Yeah, they, yeah. They, there's zero chance no. they're they're below second or third. Yeah, I mean that four Zoomers versus EG. EG thwapped the shit out of them. <laughs> um, Fucking bonk their asses. Dude, in be, between us talking last week and uh, and now we found out about the uh, the Singapore major. We found out where we're going to be going after, you know, this season ends. Yeah. Have they provided... May or may, or may not do that. I don't know. You may or may not do that? Yeah, because... Um, so, I, I have not been invited. Um, the, I know some people have invi been invited and some people haven't. Um, so, I don't know if they're... And PGL is notorious. It's slow rolling out invites. Uh, you know, uh, it's a it's a business practice. You know, you invite a, a couple of people that you feel like are are like really important or maybe easy to uh, negotiate with or something like that, and then you slow roll the rest of the invites because um, then people are sweating. You know, they're like because they we obviously all talk to each other. Yeah, yeah so you're like. You know, you sweat it out for like a week and you finally get the the email like, hey, we'd love to invite you to this event. You know, here's the rate. And you're like, oh, thank God, I'll do it. I thought you would never ask. 
you know, or I, I, like, I don't know. Like, I'm literally just, I, I don't know what the point of solo rolling it is, but I do know it does have that effect. So, uh, but yeah, I might, I might not do that event. We'll see. Are they planning to like to have an audience? I don't do, do know. You know. I mean, it's Singapore. So I know Singapore has been faring pretty well with the uh, coronavirus. So I think there's a chance. Um, small, but I don't like potentially a really yeah. small audience. I don't know if they're bringing the uh, the casters, the talent into Singapore. I uh, have the sneaking suspicion that they're just going to do it out of Romania. But we'll see. That's what I would assume. I When I saw that, I assumed that they were going to do remote English or remote as many languages as they can from Romania and maybe have like a small audience in Singapore. Or like yeah. have like a sequestered stage or like an arena that is a screen, but maybe not the players in an arena. If you, if you want to keep them safe, like mm. I'm interested in, in the logistics behind it. Singapore makes sense for a country that has, you know, been relatively good with COVID. But I'm also wondering how many players are still going to be hyped to be like, yeah, let's let's go travel. Or if they're going to be seeing pushback yeah. from teams. I do know Romania requires you to quarantine. And I believe it's the same for Singapore. You have to quarantine for like two weeks. Um and people are probably going like, well, duh, of course you do. Uh, but like most of the countries that uh, I know of anyway, I allow you to be able to um, get a test to, to say that you don't have COVID, one of those PCR tests, um, to get that in order to show that you don't have it and then you're able to get out of quarantine. So, because then obviously with a combination of, okay, I took it before I got on the flight, uh, that's how I got into the country. And then when I got into the country, I took another one. You know, chances are if both of those are negative, then you're probably good. So, uh, but yeah, like I know Romania requires you to hold that two-week quarantine. Uh, so the talent there uh, went two, two weeks early. And that's two weeks without pay. You know, that's that's two weeks of like being somewhere away from home without getting paid for it. Um, so like, that's and pretty, I think that, I think that's worth something. I like, I think that is worth, uh, an amount of money. Cause like b the way I look at this, if, if it's like, let's say it's, uh, for it's two weeks, uh, let's say it's uh one and a half weeks. The major is one and a half weeks. I actually don't know how long it is, but like tag on two weeks of that three and a half weeks mixed with a bit of travel time. That's basically four weeks. That's basically a month. And I'm only getting paid for like eight eight work days you know i'm not gonna feel super good about that i guess there's enough people who will say yes to that to where it's fine for pgl but i couldn't imagine a world where uh a, a down day of forced travel is not at least a half day or yeah. maybe in this extreme situation that we're in right now you say that like it, it it's a it's a third day and you know you're, you're getting paid for maybe five days of work yeah it's uh it's weird on both sides right it's like a pretty big expense if they're paying us for two weeks uh of being there and just not doing anything but at the same time like it's also not something that i want to be doing so it's uh yeah, i don't know also... we'll see i mean if maybe maybe i don't get invited at all but uh if i do i'm i'm not like automatically gonna accept that's for sure it's also the world state right like i mean 
if, mm. if you compare that to being in Los Angeles and what we have to do to keep, or you know, in Atlanta or in Vancouver and other filming hubs, if you're planning on putting on a show right now, you're basically taking your proposed budget and multiplying it by like 1.3, 1.4, sometimes yeah. even 1.5. If you look at like what the what traditional studios like Universal or Lionsgate or MGM, Disney, Sony, what have you, what they're doing for budgets just to maintain COVID practices right now, like you're you're seeing things that are like 150% of what they were before just to pay for, mm-hmm. you know, people to quarantine paying for hotels paying people's day rates when they're not working paying for covid compliance officers paying for extra ppe and stuff so you know if that's happening in the entertainment sphere i would assume that some of that would trickle into other live production events i know that it's happening like with the nfl and the nba too and i guess you can kind of get away with that by having your event be run out of romania or having enough talent who are eager to work where you don't have to you know pay extra for quarantining but it's just everything is exponentially more expensive right now and i think that any talent who's going to be there and just like you know sitting in a hotel for two weeks like sure maybe they really want to be at the major maybe it's not something they've done before but i don't know it's hard hard to justify two weeks of not being paid okay so there are 11 days uh so it's march 25th to april 4th so that is 11 days but I, I anticipate that there's at least one break day, if not multiple, somewhere in there. So I was pretty close with my assessment. I said eight working days, so it might be more like nine, maybe ten. Uh, but like nine or ten working days. Like ultimately what what this equation all comes down to me is that like I was willing to work this league for for ESL one because it was X amount of money. I basically said this is like in my head i have a figure of like this is how much money i need to risk my life traveling (laughs) it's like morbid but that's what it is right it's like there's a number everybody has oh yeah you know like is is somebody gonna get on a plane for thirty dollars no somebody getting on the plane for three hundred thousand yes so there's a the, the number stops somewhere between those two right um and so I, if that few working days may not add up to enough for me to like risk my life to go flying and, and be in an area where, you know, just around people potentially getting COVID, you know, so it's, uh, it, it, especially since I know I'm like likely to do the second season of the DPC as well. So like, I know I have work in the future. So, I don't know. We shall see. Oh, hey, that leads into the question that that guy left. Yeah, be, be, before be, before you ask mm-hmm. that, I, uh, uh, something for me. Do you, because there's almost like a light at the end of our COVID tunnel right now, because we see, in theory, vaccines that are working that presumably you and I will be able to take by the end of the year, does that also like factor into your calculus of like not needing to do every bit of work because presumably we're going to be back to normal sometime sooner rather than later or does that have like um, no bearing of, of effect on your decision no it does have a bearing uh but it's uh it's it's different uh the way i think about it is that i have gone this long without getting covid and i only need to go a little bit longer without getting it like um the, the the chances of death are, are very very minimal 
right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm not actually concerned about that. I don't really give a fuck about that. But the chances of having long-term implications to your health are very real. And so, you know, then like, it, it, I don't want to uh, basically catch it, have some sort of long-term complications and be looking back and be like, well, if I just stayed home for another four months, you know, then I would have been fine. I would have been able to get the vaccine. Chances of me getting it from that point in time are significantly low. So, like, you know, that that's what it comes down to. That that's why that number is like in play. So it's it's actually more about that, of more about the fact that yes, there is a light end of the end of tunnel, and it's more about like um, I you know since I will risk it for a certain amount of money to get COVID right now, but <laughs> it's, but if like COVID, like if we didn't have a vaccine, then I'm much more likely to do the major because if I'm going to get it, then, you know, I might as well do all the events. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'll be gonna... as safe as I can and everything like that. But like, I can't, I still have to go out and work and make money. There's only so long that I can shortchange myself, uh, due to the pandemic i think ultimately we're both in pretty privileged situations but i feel pretty close the same way like i am being much more cautious i think in the last couple of weeks seeing some kind of light at the end than i have been probably in say november or december because i'm like wait a second hold on i've come this far i haven't gotten sick let's just a little bit more just one last long push right Mm -hmm. so that's that's also something i'm thinking about is you know Hey, do you want to come, you know, work on set for this day? Like, well, what's the pay? Not not really. Like I don't I don't I don't really need to. Like let's not be around yeah. a bunch of people. But you said that we had uh you, you said that we had a question that, that you pulled that I would uh that I that I'd love to pull up and I can't pull it up because my Discord is the screen recording. So That is totally fine. <laughs> I I will read it. I also dropped other things that I want to talk about last week, but I feel like they're kind of old and not worth it. You you, you tell me. I I know it's a good question. So we can start there. All right. So we'll start with the... Uh, so um, somebody asked this in my Discord channel. Uh, if you guys want to talk to me, I have a Discord channel. Um, Staged asked this. Staged is a amateur caster. Um, and he said that... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, when you're uh, when you were getting started as an esports personality, even now during dry spells like last year during COVID, how do you remain financially solvent without compromising your ability to take on suitably prestigious or profitable events? Can't like, imagine there's much in the way of a passive income in esports. Do most personalities have other members of household to keep them afloat or fl- freelance work that they can put aside for events, or is it all a gamble of independent content creation? Can I can can I can I take a swing here at a little bit? Yeah. And, and and just take a shot in the dark? Yeah. I think if we're talking about you specifically, I think that your net expenditures is pretty low. And that might even be tactical. Yeah. And I also um, think that a lot of other talent just don't live in Los Angeles and they have a lower cost of living. <laughs> yes, that that is a that is like a number of things. So, um, so for example, like Trent, Trent has a wife and he doesn't live in uh, that expensive in an area. Uh, he makes up for it because he has a family to take care of. But like he, his wife has a job. Lyrical's wife has a job. Um, 
Blitz and I both worked at Joint Dota, so we had a salary at that time. Um, it, the trade-off was we made a lot less money. Um, it's why we left Joint Dota, um, because we knew we would make more money away from Join Dota, which is what I constantly told them, uh, and they didn't really take that seriously. <laughs> um, so... Um, that it's like a little different for us because like, I think we both made that jump into a salary. So it was easy for, and then we got big enough that we knew we could be financially independent, uh, by working, let's say eight events a year, that would be enough to, to be, to make rent and to pay for things that I need to pay for and stuff like that. Um, for, other people uh i think you pretty much i think you need a side hustle it's um whether it is streaming uh and trying to make it like kind of make it as a streamer and like casting on your own channel and trying to build up a subscriber base that gives you a a a form of a salary you know a monthly reliable income um then there's that um because casting games online nowadays it's much better than it was but it's still not good it's still not great we talked about that before like you're making minimum wage casting online games most likely and it's not reliable and you're not getting like any benefits if you're american or something so i think you pretty much need to either significantly lower uh any potential cost that you have. So like having incredibly low rent by moving to an area that's, uh, that's, you know, abandoned <laughs> Move to fucking North Dakota or some shit, you know, pay $50 in rent. There you go. Um, you need to, to do something like that. Uh, or you need to have, uh, an actual job, which is what I know most casters when they're starting, when they start, um, getting involved into casting, they almost always have a job. Um, Toby had a job. He was working at um, an Australian version of GameStop or Best Buy or something like that. Uh, I don't know what LD was doing. Uh, I think Lumi was in school. Uh, I was working. I was uh, I was in the Marine Corps, and then I was working at the paper mill. Um, so I had. I had those jobs um, when I got the offer to go full-time at Joint Dota. Yeah, you pretty much, like, I had a full-time job, basically, and I was doing casting as, like, a part-time job on the side, and I just grinded a, a lot um, because I really enjoyed doing it, so. You can extrapolate that to, you know, why are there, why is it a meme, right, that every waitress in Los Angeles or waiter in Los Angeles or Starbucks worker is just someone who is waiting to sell their script, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know if that's exclusive to casting. I think that, I think that you know, you can kind of uh, take that to most entertainment fields. Why, why do a lot of right. models work at Starbucks? Why do a lot of writers work at, at a restaurant or a bar at night as, as a bartender? Um, why, why do you, I just a lot posted of, like, a, a picture. I, I did a, um, I did some recording for voice acting this morning and I put together, I put a, a chair on my fucking table and, um, as a, as a, uh, infrastructure for pillows to fill in the gaps. 
so I can make a, a sort of recording booth. Uh, and I took a picture of it and I put it on the subreddit. Um, the I think it's just voice acting, the voice acting subreddit, because I see people post there like I'm at busy, you know, I have to travel uh, for for work, um, but I'm also pursuing voice acting on the side and they'll post pictures like that. And I always get a kick out of it because people, you know, it's, I'm just imagining some guy in a fucking hotel room looking around, like trying to figure out how to like what's the softest thing I have. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I always get a kick out of that. So, you know, I did that and I took a picture of it. And yeah, that's uh, all pretty much all talent industries. People usually have to start out. Uh, you either get in super early, uh, whether it's like esports, the start of the industry or acting, music, that sort of thing. When you're a kid, mm -hmm. when you're still at school, when you don't have to be financially independent. That's why a lot of uh, pro esports players they're in college when they make it, you know, because they don't have to pay for rent. They've got this time where they're they supposed do, to be going to classes, but instead, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I started working in entertainment in college. You know, it was it was my mm -hmm. final year, but that's how I started. You know, working in the industry, and that's because I didn't have to pay rent, and I could miss mm -hmm. a class to go to work, and I was able to feed myself based on, you know, my RA student eating plan. I didn't have to worry about food, right? So mm -hmm. it, it's it's always a lot of uh I, I, I think I think when you don't have those safety nets of either like a partner or parents or youth or college loans, which isn't the best example because you do still have to pay those back. Trust me, I'm definitely doing that still. <laughs> but um it it, it helps and, and when you don't have those more traditional safety nets or you're in an area that's expensive or you're in a country that doesn't, you know, give you any, suddenly you have to find something else to do. And that's why I think, you know, you hear a lot of stories about people on YouTube who, you know, were still working at Best Buy or, <laughs> yeah. but I, uh, I, so I've, I've estimated out that I, um, I think when I originally left joined Dota, I think I said, that based off of the rate that I was kind of looking to market myself at, I think I needed to make eight events in a year. And I was like, okay, that's a good number to show, shoot for. And I think that's pretty easy. So I felt very confident about leaving Join Dota. Um, nowadays, and did you like, make those eight events that year? Uh, the first event, the first year I left Join Dota was rough. It was, uh, it was a bad year. I did not get many events. Uh, but I was living at my mom's. So I moved back in when, with my mom when I was 25, 26. I was a grown-ass man with my girlfriend, with Ellie. We both moved in with my mom uh, after I left Join Dota. You know, like that's that's the kind of sacrifice that I had to make to make sure that I could indeed financially support myself uh, going independent. Because it's a huge risk. And the first year went very poorly, so I don't remember if I actually did make eight. But nowadays, I think I have to make. Uh, I obviously have a much more expensive lifestyle now, living in Los Angeles, and I have to make probably. Uh, I think the minimum is like ten events, so I have to make about an event uh, a month in order to kind of be financially solvent. So, um, and does that include like? Yeah saving money for you like like no that that would be savings? literally just that would that would literally just be like making rent food like all my regular expenses that would not be uh, uh 
saving up in any way. No. That's the part so, that spooks me. Yeah. Because it's, how do you cash um, it's a, it's a 401k, spooky. right? Like, you know, or yeah. your IRA or no. whatever you're going to do for retirement. Yeah, for sure. That's that's why um that's why I have been like obviously I've made more than 10 events a year. Um so in that regard, like I have managed to save up a lot and that's why I do uh I do a fair amount of investing. And then on top of that, um we we've done like a lot of investment into Ellie as she's, you know, tried to open up her studio in in January, like we've invested um not that much um but like a decent amount of money into that and like the way we look at our life is that very likely i will become a trophy husband and she will be the the breadwinner because i will have <laughs> not very marketable skills if i do like if i have a career you know 10 20 years down the line great but uh we have that that future plan of like i'm gonna be reliant on her like i carried the financial weight of the first 10 years and she's going to carry it the next 10 years sort of deal. I'm just going to go ahead and uh, say it a very genuine way. That's pretty cool and modern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's, you know, it, honestly, it would all, she would already be supporting us quite heavily if it wasn't for this goddamn quarantine. But, uh, you know, pandemic is, is uh, hopefully going to be winding itself down as vaccines start getting handed out. But yeah, you pretty much have to like uh there there are if fucking uh what what's the what's the term of um god my it's it's too late. That's that's why my brain's not working right I'm now. I'm watching you wind um, down actively, yeah. <laughs> that bed's looking awfully Feast or famine. Jesus Christ, I couldn't get feast or famine. Uh there's another saying that's similar to feast or famine that I was trying to get in my head. But it's it's very feast or famine. Uh, my bank account sometimes looks like I'm a fucking G and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm fucking, I could make a fucking mattress purely out of $20 bills. Hell yeah. And then other times I'm like, holy fuck, I'm broke. <laughs> uh, because, you know, you, you work like three, four events in a row and two... Two to six months later, let's say, all of a sudden, all those events pay out. Um, and then you're like, holy shit, I'm rolling in the money. Uh, but you have to be financially smart about it. You have to actually save up that money because there are going to be months where you don't work at all. And you're just like watching the bank account slowly but surely get lower and lower. And you're going, oh, fuck. <laughs> Hope I get an event soon. I have to buy cat food. Like... Yeah, <laughs> there's there's things to do. Yeah, uh, but yeah, even now, like even because I have I've, I've obviously very much made it, but even now, um, it's like I I still sometimes worry about money. I feel I feel the same way in kind of my career trajectory in the sense that I know that I in theory could be liquid, like as in cash fluid not as in i work at liquid <laughs> um but like it, it would involve like pulling out any investment money i have right or mm. like you know taking money out of an ira or doing something that probably has tax implications and oftentimes even though i feel like i have a steady career with health insurance in an industry that i'm going to continue like going up in i look at my bank account and i'm like 
Oh boy, I got credit cards to pay. <laughs> yeah, I had to pull out. Um, I had to pull out my uh, money in my biotech stocks that I had um, just before this. Uh, just before this event, because I hadn't worked since Omega League, and I probably won't be paid for this event for probably another month or two. So just to make sure, you know, I was going to be good, I pulled out a. A chunk of money just to you know kind of make sure that I would be good for the next three four months in case ESL didn't didn't get around to paying me for a while. So presumably, also that means that you probably have tax liability for the gains you made on those biotech stocks. Which does that hurt a little bit? I need to figure out how that works. Uh, yeah, I believe so, but I don't actually believe that I made that much because uh, uh, yeah, I think I ended up I ended up being about yeah because I didn't invest in GME. Pretty much, because I ended up being about even. So sad, but I mean, to be honest, it was like it was like three or four months of investing. Uh, I think, yeah, I had that money in for about four months, and with the way that uh, everything has gone topsy turvy, you you could have put. I'm okay. I'm okay with breaking even. <laughs> I think you could have put money into any into nearly any stock in America in the last four months and been like, wow, this did better than expected. So yeah, so. It's wild. Well, um, I'm I'm watching you get more and more sleepy, my friend. I know that it's late, and uh, you know what it is. I'm not actually that sleepy, but I have to pee really badly. Oh, well then. I mean, I can just say that you're sleepy. I can I can I can just say, hey, let's 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 end this down. Very sleepy. Yeah, you're gonna gonna fall asleep on the toilet as you just sit down and pee. Like that's fine. You Uh can do that. That's okay. Do they do they? I don't sit down to pee. I like that you you feel you feel the need to correct that you're like hey everybody I just want everyone to know don't sit down to pee nothing wrong if you do I don't though nothing wrong if you do but I don't <laughs> do they uh, are, are bidets ubiquitous in in Sweden no okay I was just curious. sadly okay I wasn't sure sadly if was they are not just a sum go over to uh, yeah that would require going over to um, Asia for bidets to be a little bit more popular. Fucking white people, man. We ruin everything. Taking paper and rubbing it all over our asses. Like, come on. Use water. Um, I'm going to go splash some water on my own butt. Um, okay. Just I... <laughs> the worst way that I've ever ran into the show ever. Hey, everybody. I hope you're having a good day. I got to get my butt wet. <laughs> God damn it. Now I'm losing. Um... Follow the show on whatever podcast player you like. Mine, Spotify. Yours might be Apple. Five-star reviews always help. Um, tell a friend about the show. Listen while you're playing a pub. Maybe it's a Nagas Iron 4. Maybe you realize how good stats are for your support characters. Maybe you're somebody who really likes movement speed. I don't know. But if that's you, thanks. Dude, I should I should just re-record that. That was so bad. I don't think I've ever done something that bad. How oh man, I'm I'm embarrassed that people are gonna listen to that. 